You're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. The dirty road stretches before him as drops of rain descend from heavens. His walk is slow and deliberate, heavy with pity and humiliation. His clothes are already soaked through, but he hardly pays it any mind as he makes his way on. His guitar flung over his back as the embarrassment of his performance replays over and over in his head. Just one of many in his string of failed shows. He can still hear the howling laughter of the crowd. He's had it tough, and all he wants is to play the blues with the best of them, but he just can't seem to swing it. He dreams of riling up crowds and storming through every joint in the South, and yet every show ends with his head bowed in shame as the unforgiving mobs chase him off. Little Billy told him, He should try his luck at the old crossroads. Said that when you end up in the gutter, the only way out is taking that old dirt road and waiting there at midnight. For what or who? He ain't said nothing about that, but what did he have to lose? He just wants to play them blues, play like a man possessed, like there ain't no tomorrow. Play so well that all the other cats will utter his name in awe and listen in envy as he becomes one with that guitar of his. And women, his greatest blessing and curse, women will be there in droves to make it all worthwhile while he rises to fame straight from the gutter. But all that's just in his head. Bill is just talking some old voodoo nonsense. What's he even doing there anyway? At that very moment, the crossroads come into view. There's no sound but that of incessant rainfall and deafening roars of thunder. He paces carefully, looking around in anticipation that he might spot something or someone, but wishing deep down that nothing really awaits him in the darkness. Indeed, All he can see and hear is Mother Nature raging in the night. His gaze turns to the east, and in the distance he sees a faint shadowy figure moving through the fog. Suddenly, the ground below his feet starts to quake, and everything around him starts to spin as the rains turn into torrential downpour. The wind howls and pushes against his body, with the fury of an ill-tempered mule. As the elements beat on his skin, he does everything he can just to stay in his own two feet. He can't trust his senses or grasp what is going on, yet it seems that everything around him would soon be blasted to bits as the shadowy figure looms closer. It grows larger as it approaches, and suddenly 
he sees what appears to be an unnaturally tall human-shaped figure dressed in a pitch-black suit with yellowish eyes as the only distinguishable feature under its big black hat. Suddenly, he hears the most menacing, vicious laughter pierce through the air, the thunder and rain subsiding before it as it sends icy chills all over his battered body, stopping him dead in his tracks. This is it. Whatever demon from hell this might be, it's here for him. Despite every instinct screaming for him to flee, he steps towards the creature. He hears the ominous laughter one more time, and suddenly the world around him seems at a standstill. The rain droplets appear suspended midair as the dark figure stands before him. Fear and excitement overwhelm him as the stranger's mischievous gaze fixes upon him. The demon extends its arm in silence, yet somehow he knows exactly what to do next as he unstraps his guitar from his back and places it hesitantly in the ghostly hand. The fiend expertly tunes each string, only then to play riffs so otherworldly that he thinks them a kind which no human ears have ever encountered. A reddish glow emanates from the instrument, and as he takes it back into his arms, feeling an unbearable weight on his very soul, the price of unholy ambition. The demon's featureless face suddenly spreads into a malicious grin as it steps back vanishing into thin air. Left all alone at the crossroads, he begins playing his guitar as if it was the very extension of his being. The rain and thunder resume before suddenly dying out, leaving the night to deafening silence. Robert realizes then that his life would never be the same. Hello everyone and welcome to a special Halloween edition of Soundrise Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our rendition of a famous folk legend about a most talented artist that you may not have heard about, Robert Johnson, the legendary blues man. Hello Alexander, how are you feeling today? Ooh, hello Vlada, have you got your costume on? Yes, I'm dressed as popcorn, as you may know. Oh, good. Great. I'm dressed as myself, and that is kind of good for a, for a, for a Halloween party, I would say, Vlada. So, who are we talking about today? So, um, Alexander, first I want to ask you, what do you think about this whole story about Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil in order to play the best blues in the world? I think he did the right thing and the the whole story was mind-blowing. It was the first time ever that I heard of such story and thank you for being the narrator here. It was a great listen and it was also very interesting to hear Robert and his devil-like talent. Yes, and... Um... 
Okay, we also want to say a few more things about Robert Johnson. He's widely considered the most influential blues musician in the world of all time. And unfortunately, his life was very short. He was one of the founding members of the so-called 27 Club, including all the famous musicians who lost their lives at the age of 27. You know, the likes of Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Brian Johnson... Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, and so on. Somehow this age of 27 seems to be a critical age for a lot of musicians. So, Alex, have you heard of Robert Johnson before we decided to do this show? Nope. Um, Even though the name sounds kind of familiar and famous, probably because it's kind of, let's say, basic. um, No, I haven't heard about him. And this is the first time that I'm digging up his discography. So, yeah, it was a whole new experience. And I'm kind of glad to say and acknowledge that this is the oldest musician that we've ever covered on the show so far. Yes, these respective recordings that we're going to talk about date back to uh, 1937. And um, Robert Johnson recorded only 29 songs during his lifetime before his untimely death. And um, these 29 songs, one may argue without exaggerating, might be the most influential 29 songs ever recorded. There's a number of artists that you all know and love that recorded Robert Johnson's songs. From Eric Clapton, Cream, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Allman Brothers, and so on. So many influential artists themselves recorded Robert Johnson's tunes. And uh, the thing about him is that the story goes that he had an ungodly amount of talent. And due to that fact, many people ascribed supernatural abilities to his playing and his singing the story goes that um, Sunhouse, among other people, Sunhouse, another legendary blues musician, for those that may not know, uh, said that he remembered Robert Jordan. Uh, Robert Jordan, yeah, he's like Michael Jordan of blues. So Robert Johnson, he remembered Robert Johnson as a very talentless musician who couldn't perform well to save his life, who was regularly mocked by his peers as well as the audience. And then Sunhouse claims he disappeared for a few months and when he returned, everyone's jaw dropped to the floor because he was out of this world, both at singing and playing the guitar. And many bluesmen still believe that his style is unmatched to this day. Now, of course, there's many variations of this story. Many people claim if you want to be a boring person, you may simply accept that he actually didn't disappear for just a few months, but maybe a couple of years and worked very hard on his craft so that when he returned, he was a completely different musician. That's another story, of course, maybe somewhat more believable, but also more boring. Another thing that kind of invites us to uh, revisit this legend over and over is the fact that some of his songs directly address devil and hell and crossroads. Because as you heard in our story, he 
made the bargain with the devil at the crossroads. So, Alex, what do you think about Robert Johnson's talents when you listen to him? What was it that really struck you as authentic, as special? Um, I have to say, you know, as a uh, non-blues fan, so to say, you know, as you remember when we did Muddy Waters, I wasn't overly impressed. But this was even more interesting because when I was listening to this recording uh, called the, the Complete Recordings, uh, where we have all of his songs ever, including alternative takes, I was feeling like I was listening to some great piece of music history. And, you know, we regard our our podcast as a music history podcast. So this was this is really necessary to hear, I would say. I don't really judge this recording from, let's say, my taste or from from the perspective of the music that I listen to. You know, I listen to music to, to music that has a, lo a lot more technology and, and um, let's say, elements in it. So this was really great to hear because this guy, you know, even though the the, the recording quality wasn't good, uh, it was it was really amazing hearing a guy that was completely in tune so he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't sorry out of tune uh, he could play his guitar in various ways you know you have that famous pattern that blues pattern and he was also able to include some other elements and he was you know he was spot on he could sing in many ways now i'm not an educated musician so i don't really know how to call those styles but you know guys if you, if you take a listen you can hear that he could you know sing in, in in many different ways and what's also kind of tragic is that uh it took the general population almost 30 years to discover that he was dead so he died at one point and it took it took the people almost 30 30 years to discover that and the cause of his death is i think still unknown which kind of pumps up the the legendary status and yeah that's my first impression vlada how about you yeah well um i have to say though concerning his death uh, there's so many different theories one of them is that and the most well-known i think of that is that he was um involved with a married woman and that her jealous husband discovered and he basically made the woman poison robert johnson's whiskey so that's how uh, he passed away there's other the theories as well but um, mostly people believe that it was the substance abuse that did him in especially alcohol and to me that's interesting because if you listen to these songs, you get a picture of a rather troubled individual on many levels. Um, Alexander, did you pay close attention to the lyrical content? And uh, is there anything that you would single out? What did you think about the lyrics in general? Uh, at first, I thought the lyrics were typical blues li lyrics that were uh, meant to describe his uh, daily life, his daily struggles, also his... Uh, love stories you know we have a lot of uh, let's say female references but there were there were some lyrics that i couldn't quite understand Vlada. so that's how how i would split uh, the lyrical content here and obviously how i perceive it 
Uh, it seems to me that most of the lyrics revolve around his troubles with women. Sometimes he sings about women uh, praising them, praising their sexuality, praising the good, faithful woman. But then again, there's a flip side to it, which judging by not only modern standards, but I guess standards in general, uh, is very misogynist, which is something that we often encounter in blues music. But he openly speaks about violence against women. You know, in, in the song Me and the Devil Blues, which is one of those songs that kind of fed into the whole myth of him selling his soul to the devil. The lyrics say, uh, early this morning when you knocked upon my door, early this morning when you knocked upon my door and I said, hello, Satan, I believe it's time to go. And then it goes, me and the devil was walking side by side. I'm going to beat my woman until I get satisfied. You know, this sounds to me very, while the song is by all accounts an amazing blues tune, this only adds to the whole creepy atmosphere surrounding this guy. There's almost it's so psychedelic kind of evil vibe to it, right? Would you say that there is a certain evil vibe? Yeah, it actually sounds like someone who has certain struggles and then his woman actually turns out to be his victim in a way. Yes, and but it, on the other hand, he was obviously a very tortured individual who suffered a lot. And there's much said about that. There's a, an account that he lost his wife and child at birth, basically when, when the wife was giving birth. And uh, unfortunately, that ended in a tragedy. So what we get is a collection of mostly very bleak songs, but also there's a bit of hope in there as well. You know, especially with songs like Sweet Home Chicago, which has become this big jump blues classic that's supposed to uh, lift the listener. I think that's one of the most covered songs by Robert Johnson mainly because it's so uplifting. So there's an, there's two sides to him here, I think, that clearly stand out. Uh, also, there's songs like... Uh, this, another song that always stood out for me is They're Red Hot. Have you paid attention to that one, Alex, maybe? Oh, God, that's my standout track, Vlada. Unbelievable, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to ask you something about this Sweet Home Chicago song. You know, Robert Johnson is connected with the label Delta Blues. But when I heard this song and also the, the rest of the record, uh, I obviously, you know, got some uh, impressions and, uh, you know, I kind of associated his music with Muddy Waters. And Muddy Waters was known for Chicago blues. So is it like safe to say that there's a... There's a clear influence there, Vlada. Well, first of all, uh, you have to take into consideration one thing, that Muddy Waters was only maybe four years uh, younger than Robert Johnson, and that they both came from Mississippi. So their, uh, their beginnings are very similar. And also the blues that they played initially are very similar. Like if you find old recordings that Muddy did in, in the 40s, on the plantation with his acoustic guitar, that's much more in line with what Robert Johnson did than what Muddy did later on with the whole electrified Chicago blues, which brings a really important question to me. And that is, 
What would have Robert Johnson sounded like if he had lived longer? Would he have gone through transformations? Would he have gone electric too? It's a shame we never got to hear that, especially because we do have many great musicians like Skip James and Sunhouse and Muddy and so on from that generation who did recordings later on in the 50s and 60s when it was much easier to get a higher quality recording and we got to hear them in like uh, hi-fi you know, uh, and with Robert Johnson, we only have these very old recordings that are not of the best quality, even though for the time period, they sound very clear, I have to say, and they're very accessible, very easy to listen to. But yeah, there, there's another song, sorry, Vlada, that I would like to ask you about. Uh, Come on in my kitchen. I think that Muddy Waters has done a cover uh, of that song, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. And I think, I actually don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners, but I don't think there's a blues man out there who didn't cover Robert Johnson. Because if you're a blues man and you don't cover Robert Johnson, then I'm sorry to say, but you're a poser. Absolutely a poser. Like Alex and I know a couple of bands like that who are absolute posers when it comes to blues, but that's a whole different story. And they are pretty controversial when it comes to politics. And, well, we can see values, not just politics, but their values are just just so controversial in the blues world. But, you know, that's another story, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing about blues, uh, that the more you dig into the past, the more you discover the authentic bluesmen, the less you are fascinated with a lot of people who picked up blues later on, especially white musicians i mean that maybe sounds a bit problematic though i wouldn't like to divide musicians into categories but i feel that there is a certain kind of authenticity to these old recordings that are severely lacking from the modern day blues and um, this was best described i think by the scene in the film ghost world a really great film where one of the main protagonists is a record collector and he collects old blues recordings from 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on. And in in this film, there's a scene where he goes to a pub to listen to a very old Mississippi blues musician who happens to be a warm-up act for a young electric blues band. And then um, people seem to completely ignore this old authentic blues musician giving his heart and soul on the scene while they're all excited and amazed by this young sort of redneck kind of blues band that comes out and starts singing songs about working the fields while while they probably never ever worked the field a single day in their life so that's i think The problem with a lot of modern blues, in short, that it has become more about chops rather than the feeling. And and this is what you get from musicians like Robert Johnson. It's more about showing off your guitar skills rather than kind of communicating your emotions and your struggles, right? Yes. And dear listeners, let, let me know if you have an opinion about that as well, because I do realize and I do like a lot of modern blues acts I do realize there's still a lot of great blues out there, but sometimes certain bands and certain musicians just seem to be a bit over the top 
for my taste. And that's why I prefer going back to the past and listening to something like Robert Johnson or Muddy Waters or Skip James or Sun House and so on. And uh, ever since I discovered these artists, I have a completely different outlook on everything that uh, the British blues musicians did in the 60s and 70s. While their contribution is invaluable and while they were mostly amazing musicians, it seems to me that a lot of times they were kind of uh, stealing the thunder of all these old amazing musicians. But the good thing about it was that at that time they also gave a lot of exposure to musicians like Muddy Waters, B.B. King, and Albert King, and so on. So it's kind of a complicated issue. So I guess at the end of the day, it all boils down to your personal taste. Blues has gone through so many different uh, permutations and changes, and it's great that that happened. I think that we have a variety of artists and styles that we can choose from. Yes, and another thing that I would like to bring up here, you know, here we are kind of comparing two eras that have a huge huge age gap between them. Uh, I would like to cite some famous musicians that are kind of in the middle, musicians that were heavily influenced by Robert Johnson, Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, and Robert Plant. I mean, that's I think that's the saving grace here, Vlada. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every blues-oriented musician from the 60s and 70s was influenced by Robert Johnson. And that might make him the most influential figure in the history of rock music, paradoxically enough, even though he he was a blues musician. But I think blues is in the root of rock music, and therefore Robert Johnson is in many ways the most influential rock music figure and that may sound strange to many people but if you look at all the songs that were covered all the versions that exist out there when you see how much he meant to people like eric clapton or people like jimmy page or the stones and even you know like while we were preparing for this episode we also checked out a very interesting cover of me and and the devil blues that was done by a modern indie musician that was completely a completely different style that wasn't even a blues and it was so fascinating to hear that how uh, modern musicians can take these old blues classics into a completely different sphere you know experimenting with them was so, it a good cover or was it like butchering the song it was a really good cover even though i'm sure some people may have a different opinion uh, so the artist is called Soap and Skin and uh, check it out Me and the Devil Soap and Skin a very interesting interpretation of Robert Johnson's music so to this day there are young people discovering this music being fascinated with it and trying to turn it into something new and different and I think that's the greatest value that came out of these uh, 41 recordings that he did so um, speaking of which uh, let's talk about some other songs here. I mean, it's so hard to single out the highlights when there are so many legendary ones. You mentioned Come On In My Kitchen, Phonograph Blues, uh, 3220 is an amazing song. 
It's, it's amazing how we have the exact same standouts, Lada. You know, if I were to choose some of my, let's say, favorite, I can't say favorite, but I, because I didn't, you know, entirely enjoy this record, but I, I definitely had some standouts, and the ones that I would single out are, you know, those that you are now talking about. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and the rest is also amazing. I think this record is not easy to listen to because it's not meant to be an album, right? And sometimes it might be difficult to take all these songs at once because of uh, the, the sparseness of the record and also the similarity of the tunes. But if you listen to them in chunks and if you focus on, the, on individual songs, they just speak volumes, you know, about the artist and also they're very resonant at that. But his guitar playing is also something that I would like to discuss. Alex, did you notice something unusual about his guitar playing? Yes, I did. Uh, some sounds that I cannot really define, but I think that he sounded more melodic than I would expect. Uh, in, in some tunes, that's interesting. Like, if you don't focus on it, it might just sound like somebody playing simple acoustic blues. But if you listen to it more closely, there are parts where it almost sounds like there's two people playing at the same time. And where he switches from one style to another in a matter of uh, fragments of a second. And it's so crazy Exactly, he, he does. And Eric Clapton famously said that when he heard these recordings, he couldn't believe his ears. He couldn't believe that a single person could, could play like that. So there's much more to his playing that you may notice at first. And it's actually very elaborate, very precise especially the rhythm, you know, and I love it when he does this little slide sounding thing in some tunes, just mind-blowingly good. And then the vocals are pretty haunting, you know, they, they, they're they perfect for this Halloween episode as well. They fit right in, just that there's a certain haunting quality of his voice. And I'm sure that some of it has to do with the quality of the recording because I have the same thing with Skip James where I love his old recordings due to them sounding a bit spooky. I also love his more modern recordings from the 60s, but they just don't have that other world quality to them. you know. And that's what I find in Robert Johnson's stuff as well. I think it's one of his underrated aspects, you know, his vocal abilities. You know, I, I was quite amazed by them. Also, some of these songs are beautiful love songs too, like Love in Vain, which was later covered by the Stones. That's probably one of the most heartbreaking blues songs that I've ever heard. It's just a tearjerker. And I love how when you go through this complete summary of his recordings, you go through so many moods while he sounds evil and aggressive in certain songs. There are other songs where he sounds like a loving and uh, wonderful human being, just so many different aspects to his personality. And one of the great values of a good blues recording is that you can feel the emotions of the performer. And this is what he captured in such a perfect manner. And, uh, while we can talk about him being influential and having such a huge impact on the number of generations of musicians, even if we didn't know about all that, and if we sat down and listened to some of these recordings, I'm pretty sure we would still be blown away. Exactly, Wanda. I second what you're saying. 
All right. So, Alexander, maybe it's time for us to single out our highlights and also give proper ratings. So I would like you to do this first. Yeah, you would like to put me out there and then slag me. And trash you because be careful. Okay, dear listeners, time out. If he says something sacrilegious now, I just want to let you know that he's a completely fair game in my book. So, (laughs) and this might also signal the end of a beautiful friendship. So he has to be very careful in how he chooses his words here. Before I give my ratings and pick a track, I have to say that my friend Vlada actually has his own song. And that song sounds pretty much like some of the tracks from this album. We won't announce that song just yet, but dear listeners, bear in mind that almost 90 years later, we have a guy singing the same kind of genre. So that, that's really interesting. That's one of my first impressions when I started listening to, to this record. So let's get to the ratings and my standout track. So plenty of standouts here, but I will have to go with one, and that will be Come On In My Kitchen. So that's the standout track and the rating. The most difficult part here, I have to be very careful. Okay, so... I viewed the, I viewed and approached this record as a piece of music history. I didn't want to judge this from my own taste, from my own perspective. So this is, to me, a 6.5 out of 10. Please, okay, all this talk about his greatness, all this talk about the influence and everything, and you're giving it 6.5? I, mean, I think not, that's a fair rating. It's not corn, man. People are listening to this. Ooh, this uh, not, I'm not so sure not, about we're that. We're not talking about corn here. We're talking about Robert Johnson, okay? You could at least, okay, if you don't like this kind of stuff, fair enough, but give it eight. Why 6.5? No, what, no, no. What's listen, the deal here? Listen, if I were to give a purely subjective rating, it would be lower. But since there Why? is some, Isn't there is there some anything in these songs that moves you. Anything? Do you like um, try to listen to the actual song, or are you like just I don't know, put off by the recording quality or something? No, actually, when I was when I was going through the tracks, you know, one part of, of the recording was interesting and uh, and fun, but later on, it kind of all you know, it starts to sound. All, all the songs start to sound alike, and they all kind of blend together. And, you know, it, after some time, it kind of becomes boring. I mean, we know that. We know this is not like an album-oriented rock music. You know, this is an old blues man. And, of course, most of the songs will sound alike. But can, can't you approach it from a different angle? I mean, I yes, just that's under- that's why that's why that's I gave why it a gave higher it rating. 6.5. Yeah, otherwise, if I were to judge it exclusively from my own ex- uh, my own perspective sorry uh, it would be lower definitely this is criminal this is criminal and i'll tell you why okay here's my opinion while i said this during the show that this is not easy to take in in one sitting right if you focus on individual songs it's an absolute classic and these songs are classics for a reason All of these songs, more or less, are blues standards. All of them have been covered by 
every single real blues musician out there. And there's a reason for it. I think Eric Clapton alone covered every single song here, you know. And uh, the thing is this. He's an extremely, I mean, he was an extremely talented musician, both singer, songwriter, guitar player. These are beautiful recordings to listen to. They're bleak. They're dark. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, especially given his very misogynist view. But at the same time, they're a beautiful, authentic piece of music history, as you pointed out. And if I was to go just by songs alone and by my you know, standards and everything, I'd probably give it like 8.5 or 9. But crazy, there, totally there crazy. added points to this. And due to its significance and due to the quality of performances, this is a 10. Oh, and God. Yes. Oh, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's not ridiculous. This is this is the this is backbone a, a, of the rock music. This is if, if we hadn't had this, we wouldn't have the Rolling Stones. We wouldn't have Fleetwood Mac. We wouldn't have Cream. We wouldn't have, I don't know, Aerosmith even. We wouldn't have Guns and Fucking is, Roses is, even. We wouldn't have Metallica without this. This is pure comedy. No, you are pure comedy, and I think our listeners are probably disgusted with your ratings. Well, I can't wait for our listeners to give this recording a listen. I, I mean, just can't wait I'm for that. I'm this tempted just to leave everything, to just smash my headphones on the floor, because I just cannot stand this amount of travesty in this show. You know, we all like some parts of drama, you know. It's you not... know, it, it's, it's one thing... It's one thing that you don't like something. It's one thing that we have different opinions about music. But this, this is like spitting music in the face. Okay, so... This is something that nobody should ever, ever utter. 6.5, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's totally fair, you know, if you ask me. If you hate the blues, it's probably fair. If you okay. love the blues, though, I'm sure you might have already heard of Robert Johnson. But if you've heard of him and you haven't listened to him, please do so. And don't listen to my friend Alexander. He's, okay, Vlad, I have one genuine question. He's here. a corn fan. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's put it that way. So, Vlada, you've known me for years in my music taste. Tell me, how many blues musicians and blues bands do I listen to regularly? Or how many blues bands do I personally like? Tell me. I mean, I don't understand. You, I remember that you used to really like... That's not the answer. Okay, I'm answering it right now, okay? So just let me talk. I remember that you loved the Paul Butterfield blues band. And I have no idea what happened in the meantime. You just stopped listening to anything blues-based. To I mean, I understand. Blues is not an easy music to listen to. Because... Very often it sounds repetitive. And I understand if you want to step away from it because I did the same thing over and over again. But there's a time and place where there's nothing like blues. There's no other music like blues. Especially if we, if we talk about these old legends that recorded music in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. This authentic blues, to me, that's a wealth of inspiration, a wealth of the kind of authenticity that is lacking in the modern world. It's so hard to stumble upon. And 
that's why it has an even greater value for me. Like if I listen to chess recordings or if I listen to classic Skip James or Robert Johnson recordings, this is the kind of authentic music that really enriches one's soul. And I just can't understand that anyone would dismiss it with a simple rating. I, I think we even made a mistake for rating this music. This, is, this goes beyond rating. This is too authentic. This is not a product. This is not a commercial product. This is real deal. Okay, so we are not kind of giving personal ratings. We are forced to give high ratings because of Lada, right? No, you can give your rating. I'm fine. That's why we have the show and you're allowed to give your rating as any 6.5. But I'm allowed here to call you out on this travesty and this blasphemy and this kind of crime against music. Because if I don't do that, our listeners will do it. So, dear listeners, please let me know how wrong is Alexander in this episode. I would like to know the same, to be fair. Okay, so dear listeners, please let us know. I love my friend Alexander, but there are some things that are unforgivable, and this is one of them. So come on, I, ten out I, of ten for, I, for this for these for this piece of so-called music. Ten out of ten. Oh my goodness! I implore you, dear listeners. I implore you to give us feedback and let us know what you think about this and which side of the fence do you stand on. Because this is important. This is about the music. This is about whether we want to live in the world of Justin Bieber or whether we want to live in the world of oh, Robert Korn. Johnson. Corn, yes. <laughs> so, please, let us know. Okay, so Alexander, any last words before we call this off? Okay, nice history lesson. Nice time machine here. Nice reference to halloween and myths and uh creepy stuff it was really cool it was really you know interesting to kind of go even further you know when we were covering muddy waters we had one album that basically consisted of individual individual songs recorded in the 40s and the 50s and that was you know that was a stretch to me but now this this was even bigger and i appreciate it for for that reason yeah, that that's my that's my opinion and over to you now Vlada. All right, so to wrap this up, we focused a lot on music by Robert Johnson, but we will also never never stop to wonder what actually happened with this man, whether he sell, uh, whether whether he sold his soul to the devil. And I'm sorry, I don't believe in supernatural things, but in this case, I have to make an exception because it feels like that there is some substance behind this. Just the stories, the testimonies of his peers, everything points that it's quite possible that he struck some kind of bargain with a demon demonic entity. And uh, I also want to hear from you, dear listeners. Were there any supernatural powers involved in the legend of robert johnson good vlada yes we would like our we would love actually our listeners to engage and tell us so thanks a lot for tuning in and listening to this special episode this special halloween episode we enjoyed it even though we had some con controversies here but you know that's that's all part of the show so 
check out our social media accounts follow for all the funny stuff uh, the handle is the same Sunrise Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, if you want to hear more quarrels, if you want to hear more more fights between Vlad and me, if you want to hear more bands, maybe your favorite band on the show, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sunrise Pod. You can find us. It's easy. And you can choose your package. You can choose your tier and also see all the benefits that come with it. Till the next time, all the best and stay spooky. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween guys. guys. Have a very happy Halloween, dear listeners. We hope we gave you a little scare. Bye-bye. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month of every year of every century of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butt off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? it lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.